You are listening to the QSR Web Podcast. A hundred stores in five years is an ambitious growth plan for any brand, but Pincho co-founder Otto Othman thinks the popularity of the brand in Miami proves it has legs and they will run very rapidly towards some pretty hefty expansion. In today's QSR Web Podcast, Othman takes the mic to relay how the brand is using operational simplicity and a get-it-done approach to turn the nation on to the food he grew up loving in his mom's kitchen. The Interactive Customer Experience Association's mission is to connect B2C brands to technology that elevates the customer experience. Brands have access to resources, project help, news, and insights based around boosting their customer experience. Suppliers gain network opportunities to reach these brands and help them provide solutions to elevate their customer experience. Join today at ICXA.org. Pincho's brand is sweeping South Florida with its namesake kebabs and burgers. But as we'll soon learn more about, this brand is set to undertake a major growth spurt, moving from its current size of just under 10 stores to a planned 100 units in five years. And with us today to tell us more about how the brand plans to surmount this challenge and what Pincho's food is all about anyway, is founder and CEO, Otto Othman. And welcome, Otto. How are you today? Thank you so much. I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm fantastic. How about you? You know, not as good as you being in Miami because I'm up here in the cold Midwest, but we'll just let that pass for now. You know, Otto, <laughs> I just want to kind of start with a freeze frame of the brand at this moment in time and have you maybe let us know how many stores I want to make sure I got that right. I thought there were nine and who your target customer is, and maybe even give us a good idea of how you describe the food you serve. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, we're currently nine uh, brick and mortar locations here in South Florida with uh, two licenses, one inside of the Marlins Park and one inside of the Hard Rock Stadium. And we have just signed another license, which I can't really speak about yet, but we're very, very excited about uh, launching it. Our target market really is uh, the millennial, right? 25 to 35 year old. Uh, believe it or not, our brand skews, skews more towards female crowds following when it comes to women, which is fantastic. And, uh, you know, we're, we're a pretty uh, popular chain here in Miami. We're very excited about the future and the growth of our, of our brand. So give me an idea of how, if you had to tell somebody, this is what kind of food we serve, rather than just strictly Latin American cuisine, what would you say? Right. So... At the core, really, we are a premium, fast, casual, serving award-winning burgers and kebabs. Right? We're, we're not serving food that people don't know. It's, it's burgers, it's cures, grilled chicken sandwiches and hot dogs, but it's flavors that people have never experienced before. It's a very popular kind of uh, food, but with flavors, bold flavors that people otherwise wouldn't have tasted somewhere in America. So 
I, like many, have read how this brand kind of sprang out of the banter between, I think it was you and your brothers at an Independence Day barbecue. But if you can, please tell us what you all were actually imagining at that time, as well as whether you feel you've achieved it thus far in Pinchot. Right, absolutely. That's actually a great story. Um, I, was, I was born and raised in Brazil. And I moved to the States somewhere around 2000. And uh, when we came here uh, to this uh, country, uh, my friends tasted my mom's kebab recipe, which is South American, you know, Brazilian recipe uh, passed down uh, from, from family. And they were blown away. So, and I said, you know, one day I'm going to sell this stuff. Right? And it always stayed behind in the back of my mind. And, and I went on to become a creative director in an advertising firm. And that's what I was doing with my life at the time. I was working for some really cool brands like Fiat and Chrysler North America. And, um, and then I told my uh, – at the Fourth of July barbecue, after a couple of drinks, we're hanging out, and I told my cousin Nadal, uh, hey, you know, I think we should open a restaurant. Uh, we'll put my mom's recipes for the kebabs. We'll put your burger recipes because they were really fantastic recipes. And I'll do all the branding, all the marketing, and I think we can do something really cool. You know, there was this better burger movement happening, but there was nobody doing what we wanted to do, which is uh, a food that you would find in the streets of South America, which was burgers, grilled skewers, hot dogs, and chicken sandwiches, right? But put them all under one roof and have this Latin-inspired burger chain, sort of. And, you know, uh, two days later, he calls me and says, hey, were you serious about Sunday? And I told him, <laughs> you know, I'm... <laughs> I was like, you know, we were having a couple of drinks, uh, so, but <laughs> hey, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm game if you are. And he said, I already met with two landlords. I'm ready to go. And I said, okay, I guess we're opening a restaurant. <laughs> and, that's, and that's basically how this whole thing started. We barely had any funds. We put together between me and him and his little brother $77,000. We found a little hole in the wall in beautiful Westchester here in Florida. This is where I live now. And... And, you know, first year we did 200 grand in sales. You know, anybody in their right mind would have closed down. And second year it did 350, you know, a nice little growth spurt, but not really, no, nothing really that made us any money. And then the third year is when we, we sort of got in our break. The third year we went to 775, and then 1 million, then 1.2, then 1.4 million. All of that same little hole in the wall, you know, that cost us only $77,000 to open. It was phenomenal, um, and uh, you know, today we've we we are we are a beloved beloved brand here in Miami, and, and we are forever grateful and thankful for for Miami for always supporting us. I'm just curious, how old were you when you brewed up the idea? Oh my God, that's a good question. Let me see. Uh, if you if you care, years, ten years to say. No, no, ten years ago. I'm 35 this year, so 25. Yeah. 25 years old. I was 25, and Nidal was 25, and his little brother, our other partner, was 19. <laughs> so, three, yeah, so three young punks ready to take over Miami. It was, you know, you got to dream big. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome, though. You know, I think you're kind of – I think they've shown that your judgment centers aren't fully developed until you're 26, so yeah, thank God. I, I, no, if you it would stop a lot of restaurateurs, wouldn't it? All right. I, I say this all the time, right? Our families, 
our parents, you know, friends, they were like, what do you guys know about restaurants? And, you know, at the, we, we've, we grew up in very entrepreneurial families. Like we've, we've, so we've, we know business, right? So ever since I was young, ever since Nidal and Nizal were young, we always worked with our parents and their businesses. So like sort of entrepreneurship is in our blood. But we've never done restaurants before. And then our families, they were really worried. They're like, what are you guys going to do? And so I said, look, I know branding and marketing, so I know people. Nadal knows how to cook. So, and we know business. So, like, we can get there. I know we can, you know. Um, and ignorance is bliss, really, because had we known how hard it would have been or had we been, maybe, you know, you're correct, if we were a little bit, a little bit older and, and, and we had bigger responsibilities, we probably wouldn't have done it. Because yeah. it takes a lot of courage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Too dumb to know, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. It is. All right. Yeah. Now, you're really, you're really set to grow now, apparently, because you've made a big growth projection. I think I've read over uh, like 100 units in five years which is a lot. Um, so why and how will you do that? And where are you thinking these units are going to go? Right. Um, you know, um, projections are projections, right? We have this goal of, of, I mean, more than the number of units. I think the most important thing for us today as we grow, as we grew older and as we built this business is really not growth for the sake of growth, but growth when we have, we have the right leaders in the right place to take our brand where it necessarily needs to go. Um, so today, the way that we look at it is a little bit different. Today, it was like, okay, do we have the right team, right? Because at the core, it's all about our it's all about our team. It's all about about you know building a, a platform to create opportunities for our team members, and that's really our mission as founders. Now, is like you know we have. We have hundreds of employees working with us today, and it's amazing. So how do we responsibly continue to build this company and give people a chance to go from an hourly to making over $100,000 a year being an operator? So ultimately for us, the goal is let's grow, but let's grow the right way, right? Um, so, and so having said that, we, we are very bullish in South Florida, obviously. We're very bullish in the Florida market. We love Florida. You know, we definitely see ourselves going to Texas at some point. We love the state of Texas. We love going, you know, up the Northeast. We want to go to places where we can support and help uh, our operators and, and partners and not necessarily, you know, jump all the way to the West Coast all of a sudden. So we have aggressive plans. How are we going to get there is only by having the right people and only by having the right partners. Bye. Uh... Are you kind of saying that when you hire employees, you're thinking about them as your future operators? Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, you know, being an immigrant who, who came to this country and, and you know, we worked very hard to where we are today. So we, I, I kind of have a soft spot for, for any, any person that – that works really hard, any humble human being that's working with us, and most, and if not all of our team members are fantastic people. If they look at us and say, hey, I really want to grow with you, we give them the plan. We, we try to say, okay, how do we get this person from point A to point B? And it's, it's a thing that we're all passionate about. It's the, our, the common denominator in our company is development of our team. 
Absolutely. That's really cool. Um, you know, related to the whole subject of growing the brand, um, I know you're you're known well in Miami for Latin American food, and that's an area also that has a high population of Latinos as well. But as right. you grow elsewhere, do you think there's going to be a kind of learning curve, even if just around the name of the brand, if nothing else, since Pinchos actually is referring to those kebabs, isn't it? Right, right, right. So, um, yeah, that's a super interesting question. Very good question. You know, early on in our in our in our brand, we were called Pincho Factory, um, and if you weren't, if you did not speak Spanish, you read it as blah 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 factory, right? It was just it was just a word in factory. So actually, every time we went to Fast Casual, the Fast Casual Summit, or we went to different conferences around the U.S., uh, a lot of people would would think we were a factory because we're not called skewer factory or kebab factory, right? It was pincho factory. So I, I literally jumped on a plane and I went to the middle of, I, I landed and I went to kayak.com, bought a ticket, went to Chicago O'Hare and I stood in the middle of the airport and I told them that I was a student and, and I, and I said, hi, my name is Otto. I'm a student. I would love for you to guess what this is, right? And it's a project of mine and I'll show them the brand. I'll show them pincho factory. And then, and then I'll show them just Pincho. And, and, and I did my, my sort of uh, research, and nine out of ten people understood Pincho Burgers and Kebabs as a restaurant versus Pincho Factory Burgers and Kebabs. So that, that insight, you know, led us to come back home and drop the word factory. So we rebranded about a year ago, and now we're just called Pincho Burgers and Kebabs, right? So now to answer your question about are people going to get it, you know, it's no different than, than Kava. Or, you know, Kava is a super popular brand. I'm a huge, huge fan of the guys, the founders, and, and Brett and what they're doing. And it's a, it's a really strong name, right? Uh, your typical American would not know what Kava means, but, but, they, but they know what it is once they walk in the doors. So, and so it's our job as, a, as, as founders of the brand and, and marketers to make sure that we're selecting amazing real estate and we're telling our brand story very clearly. Um, but I think once people walk through the doors, they're going to relate to the brand 100%. We're at the core, we're a burger and kebab joint. That's what we are. You know, we're not teaching you how to eat uh, something new that you've never you know, seen before. And, and my understanding, when you're referring to Pincho, they're like little individual kebabs, right? Rather than right, so, a lot of Americans think of kebabs on a skewer, you know. So, so yeah, so pincho in Spain are uh, their little bite-sized uh, uh, finger food that has they they have a little skewer in them, right? That, that's like the Spanish version. But then in Miami, South America, you know, Central America, the pincho that we we're talking about is actually a full-on kebab. Right, which what we Americans expect to be. So yeah, so there's the <laughs> tiny mini pinchos in Spain, but then the pincho that we are referring to is actually a you know a 12 inch skewer. <laughs> Wonderful, uh, you know yeah. I love that you told the story, and I love that you went to O'Hare and basically did your own marketing study. Um, I, right. I think that's wonderful, and and. 
I wonder how much does that kind of, I'm just going to get it done, approach, characterize what Pinchot's all about and how does that make the brand successful? Oh, I think that's uh, that's part of the DNA of the brand. Absolutely, right? So I think once, it's, being a startup, I think the, the biggest advantage that we have of being a small, nimble company is that we can move faster than other brands. Right? You're, you're more legacy brands that have hundreds of locations. So it's, you know, it's all about empowering your team. So we have, we have our leadership team. They're very empowered in just doing what they feel is the right thing to do at the moment that they feel they should do it. And that sort of is a huge advantage for any brand uh, to be able to move quickly, that do-it-yourself do mentality. Right? We could have hired uh, a company to do a focus group and spend thousands of dollars or I could have just gone to kayak.com, bought a ticket for 250 bucks, went to a hair, <laughs> hung out, and talked to a bunch of people, you know, and then uh, ate, ate, ate some great food at the, at, the, at, the, at the airport and then came back home, right? And then, and, and then I saw it firsthand and I was able to ask lots of questions and, and I got a ton of great feedback, um, which I think anybody should do. Sometimes, you know, people overcomplicate things where the answer is right there. You just got to get up and do it. I love that. Didn't you tell people that you were a student? Right, because the first couple of people, when I went to them, they were like, oh, no, I don't want to buy it. And I'm like, no, I'm not selling anything, right? <laughs> they look at this guy, just go up to them, and I'm like, okay, I need a new approach. Because just going up to them and saying, hi, I'm Otto, was like turning off a couple of people. But when I said Hey, hi, I'm a student. I think people have a soft spot for students. So they automatically put the guards down and like, okay, I'll listen to you. Uh, it, was, it was really, really fun. Uh, and then at the end, obviously, I told them I wasn't a student and that I, wasn't, I was one of the founders. And then you should have seen the smiles on their face. Like, oh, my God, that's so amazing that you are actually doing that. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm just really trying to understand how to grow my company. And thank you for your feedback. So it was really, really cool. That is cool. Now you wish you were rolling video, don't you? <laughs> oh, I really do. Uh, yeah, I really do. Uh, that would have been amazing. I, I think it's great because you really were a student in so many ways. You know, Absolutely. I've also heard and, and I've looked at your menu and it seems that you've really worked for simplification. I don't know if that was intentional but i assume it was and and how have you gone about that task because that's tough when you love food absolutely um and, and, and you know this when we first started the brand you know we had no experience whatsoever but the one thing that we did know is when we built the menu i looked at the doll and i said look whatever we do i want it to be simple and I want to be simple for two reasons. One, because I don't want you to feel like you're in, you know, in Cheesecake Factory, right? And nothing, nothing wrong about what Cheesecake Factory does, but it's sort of like a, 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 a huge menu. It's like a Bible. So you have to go through many, many pages. And, and I was like, I don't want people to feel like that and have this decision paralysis. That's one. And the second part was uh, not because we had this great restaurant experience, but we wanted to make sure that any person that walked through the building and ordered whatever they ordered, they were going to be blown away and love what we were doing. 
So by keeping the menu simple, we would be able to execute our foods in a really high standards every single time and win over that customer. So that was sort of the strategy, right? So and when we built this menu, we had eight items. We started with eight items and eight items only. And we said, okay, this is going to be the burger. We went over 27 different types of buns until we chose the bun. We went through 30 different blends of meat until we chose our patty. We were super, super picky by every single one of those items because we wanted people to just be blown away every, every time they came in and ordered whatever they ordered. And that worked towards our advantage. It was, it was, we were highly successful because of that. And that, like that burger, for example, super proud, like last year alone, um, there were four major burger competitions in Miami, uh, and we won all four. First place, Judge's Choice, and People's Choice. So we're super, super proud of the quality of our food. So, you know, but at the same time, like you said, it's so important to keep things simple. Very, very important. It's a great argument for being selective because it, it forces you, I guess, to only take what you absolutely adore. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, and stay focused. Yeah. I certainly want to thank you and wish you tremendous success with your growth and your brand. And I want to thank also everybody who's listening because we do appreciate you and wouldn't be here without you. So please come on back in a couple of weeks for another great brand right here on the QSR Web Podcast. Until then, have a great day, you all.